Good morning, church. Thanks for being with us on this beautiful morning. Um, I'm going to be continuing our sermon series. We've been looking at the book of Acts and uh, following the theme of what it looks like to be rooted in, in Christ in the midst of um, uh, the chaos around us. Um, you know, one of the things that was happening this week was uh, feeling the emotional turmoil of anger, sadness, anxiety, seeing just how divided our country is, seeing how so many people are not taking this very seriously. And uh, I found myself just really angry and really frustrated. But at the same time, as I meditated and prayed, I found myself grateful. I thought about all the good things that are happening around, around me, even in the midst of what's happening in our world. There are things that I could be grateful for, for family, for friends, for shelter, things I can be grateful for, things you could be grateful for as well. But then on top of that, feeling this um, emotional dissonance between just the, the gratitude and the grief, and somehow not knowing what to do with that. But, you know, I just want to affirm that that's normal, that's okay. That sometimes it's okay just to not know how to feel because of the dissonance we're feeling between the grief and the things that you actually can be happy about. But today I want us to look um, a little bit more closely. Just today I want to talk about what it looks like to have peace in the midst of chaos. And I think that could help us even as we we, we, we go through this emotional dissonance, this emotional roller coaster, that as we look in this text, we can figure out and see what it looks like to be people of peace in the midst of a pandemic. David here gives us some clear insight. And I think there are two things that we can see he's, he's showing us today. One is the, 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 the rewiring of our inner dialogue, right? Going inward to rewire just the voices and the dialogue that we have come to embrace. And then two, um, looking at what it looks like to pursue a childlike confidence in God. But before we go there, I want us to first Figure out why is peace sometimes so elusive to us? Why is peace sometimes so hard to come by? Um, the, the text starts with, with, um, with David making this kind of declaration about his heart not being proud and his eyes not being haughty. And I found that interesting because he talks about pride and then he talks about being at peace talks about not having pride, and then talks about not being at peace. And it's almost like he's trying to tell us that pride is a deterrent to peace. That when you have pride, you can't have peace. Now, usually, when I find myself under stress, I find, you know, I, I, I tend to blame outside sources, blame other people, blame the situation, blame what's going on as the reason for my stress or the reason for my turmoil. Um, but here what David is trying to tell us is it's actually 
not those sources, but is actually something happening inside of us, inward of us, inwardly. The thing um, about what David is saying, because David is pointing out that it's um, pride that is causing this. And the thing about pride is it's so sneaky. Like, you don't know you have it. It's so hard to detect because we often think pride is about being showy and flashy, but no, it's actually pretty, um, uh, it's actually very hard to detect. In fact, C.S. Lewis talks about, about pride in his book, Mere Christianity, and one of the things he says is that if you are trying to get rid of it, the first thing that you ought to do, the first thing that you should do is to realize that you are proud. It's to realize that one, is proud. What he's, he's essentially telling us is that we are all full of pride. We, every human being, we all have pride in us. And one of the clear ways that it manifests itself in us is our self-absorption that we become self-absorbed, that we become more interested in our needs and our wants. And I mean, this is kind of like what uh, um, David is saying here. Like he, he gives a litmus test when uh, he, he talks about being uh, not concerned. He's not concerned with, uh, with, with great matters or things too wonderful for him. Oftentimes, we get so concerned with things that are so not necessary. I remember just as we were entering into this um, uh, church at home and working from home, I remember feeling the anxiety, feeling like, oh my gosh, how are we going to pull this off? How can we actually have church at home? And then remember, comparing myself to everyone else, to every other churches, look at this is the way they're doing it, this is the way they're doing it. And I realized that I was getting so flustered because I was trapped by comparison. And often when I do that, I put myself in a pit and put everyone else on top of a pedestal. That's pride. It's actually pride at work there. When we find ourselves... Um, uh, self-deprecating, when we find ourselves uh, 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 diminishing our self-worth, that is pride at work. When we have expectations that are sometimes that are not met, that's pride. And when we get flushed by that, our needs are not met, our expectations are not met, This is why peace can be so elusive to us. Peace is nowhere to be found because we have these expectations of grandeur, expectations that are too high to be met. And when when they're not met, when we find ourselves out of control, it's where anxiety hits. Because we notice we are not in control. We are not in control. So pride 
can often make us stressed out, make us anxious, because we're not getting the things we want. We're not meeting up to the expectations we have set. So of course, peace is nowhere to be found. I like what um, the author David Paulison says. He's a Christian counselor and author. He says this, he says, we imagine ourselves to be independent and autonomous, proud hearts. We become engrossed in monstrous trivialities of our own devising. We pursue grandiosities and glory. And the symptom of this is noise, he says. He says, all these things that we have pursued, all these things that we expect, all these things that we, uh, we, 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 we feel like we should be in control of is noise. I want to be appreciated. I want to be respected. I want to be known and seen. It's noise that we've, we, we've, we've come to um, take up in our, in our minds and our hearts. It's the inner dialogue that has become so crowded, so filled with noise. So then, what is the process to peace? Well, the process to peace requires that we rewire, we recalibrate the inner dialogue that we have in our minds. That the, the expectations that we have built up for ourselves, that we actually level it down. Because right now it's time for us to rid ourselves of the noise, rid ourselves from the voices that could so, um, that, that, that seems to deter us from the peace that God wants for us. And the truth is, the truth is you can't rewire your, your, your dialogue, your inner mind with, by self-talk. You can't rewire your inner dialogue by speaking you know, positive things, by getting rid of the negative thoughts. It just can't happen just like that. It can't happen by your own effort. David talks about, he says, I calmed and quieted myself. And then he says this, I am like a weaned child with its mother. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Probably the most important character in this text it's not David, it's actually the mother. Because the mother is the one that provides, the mother is the one that cares, the mother is the one that nurtures, the mother is the one that enables this child to survive. All of its self-worth is derived purely from the mother. So David is able to calm and quiet his soul not because he willed himself to do so, because of the mother. Obviously, the mother here is a picture of God. Mother here is pointing us to God. 
that we are not able to quiet ourselves, but we can do so with God. God with us. Because God is the one who provides. God is the one who cares. God is the one who nurtures. So we must go to him with the inner dialogue, with the noise that we have in our minds, with the self-deprecating thoughts, with the, um, the, the emotional turmoil that we are experiencing. We must go before him. Often I find myself, and it's so easy for me to do, to just wallow in my own emotions. And God is available to us to receive all of our noise, to receive all of our burdens, all the things that worry us. Peace is not that hard to find. Peace is so close. God is present. And he wants to take the burden and the worries. He wants to care for you just as a mother cares for a child. I love this text in 2 Corinthians 10 because it kind of gives more Gives, helps, maybe helps us see it a little bit better. It says, we, for though, this is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, for though we have flesh, we are waging, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but, they, but, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So the thoughts, the opinions that you have in your minds, in your heart, that we can present it to Christ and Christ can rework. That every... um, uh, um, thought that is not of God in your mind can be taken cop- captive by the power of Christ. So my friends, the only way we can actually recalibrate recal- the inner dialogue and bring peace and quiet and calm is to present it to God. That in Christ's name, every thought can be taken captive. And then two, we learn, we pursue childlike confidence in God. Again, the text says, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. My friends, in accepting and embracing the mother's nurture, the mother's care, we can learn to let go and gain confidence in God. In other words, God, we can be content with God, just as the mean child is with the mother that the worries and the things that we wish we had, the things we 
we are hoping for, we were hoping for, it's, it's okay. They can be content with God. And it's a picture, obviously, of, of spiritual maturity. It's a picture of, it's a learning process. It's not something that just happens right away. But as we learn, as we pursue this childlike confidence in God, and then we can learn to be content with him. You, um, there, there's a, I heard about this um, pep talk that a, a coach gave a team for um, a, a, a college game as they were about to go into college, uh, to, to a conference championship game. And one of the things he said to his team as, he, as, as they were about to go to, uh, to, to play, he says this, he, said them, he told them this, I want you to play like you are loved. Play freely. Love isn't dependent on your performance. No matter how you play, you are loved. Play with that, with that in mind. Play like you are loved. I mean, that's what you need to hear. That's what we all need to hear today. That we can live like we are loved. We can persevere and, and endure even what we're going through right now like we are loved. We can live knowing that Christ, who came into our world as a picture of God's love for us, who died for us and who's risen again, we can actually live because we know that we are loved. I love how the text ends in verse three says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. So I say to you, church, put your hope in the, Lord, in the Lord, both now and forevermore. And I speak that to myself, Craig, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. I pray, my friends, as, as we continue in this journey, in this what seems like a very long journey, that we will continue to put our hope in the Lord, that we will continue to recalibrate our inner dialogue and pursue childlike confidence in God.